The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Engler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Now, now, please welcome your host, a Fortune 500 industry figure in the marketing and communications world for more than 25 years and chief executive officer of Digital Influence Group, the host of Market Edge, Glenn Engler. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Glenn Engler, CEO of Digital Influence Group, a full-service digital marketing agency that helps companies unlock the social potential of their brands and amplify its impact to drive business results. Today, I'll be talking about the business of sports with Lou Imbriano, president and CEO of Trinity One, a consultancy that specializes in providing marketing and operational strategy to leading sports teams, stadiums, and corporations. Formerly the Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer of the New England Patriots in Gillette Stadium and Chief Operating Officer for the New England Revolution, Lou built powerful relationships that allowed the organizations to achieve an increase in revenue by more than 600%. Lou joined the Kraft Sports Group in 1997, where his sales and marketing leadership made the Kraft Family Sports and Entertainment Ventures among the highest revenue-generating entities in the country. Simultaneously, he vastly broadened the scope of marketing programs and business initiatives for the team and the stadium. Lou began his career working as a sports producer for WHDH Radio in Boston and as the executive producer for WEEI, at the time Boston's only all-sports radio station. He's the author of Winning the Customer, a business and marketing book from McGraw-Hill, and also authors a blog called Relationship Architecture, which you can visit on his website at www.louimbriano.com. It's great to have you on Market Edge, Lou. Welcome. Hey, Glenn. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, and as a Boston kid uh, and a big-time sports junkie, this is a real honor to have you on, so I'm really excited. Thanks Uh, for joining me. All right, so uh, talk a little bit, just for people that may not be familiar, talk a little bit about Trinity One and your role as president and CEO. So Trinity One, we started a little over six years ago. I was with the team, and there were so many teams and, and agents and all these different entities calling me up for advice and and asking, how did you do this? Why did you do this? How do you make money at that? And uh, I just saw that there was a business here for us to consult with uh, with teams and stadiums and, and help athletes with endorsements. But uh, so what's the, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say. So what's a what's a day in the life of Lou Imbriano at Trinity One? Well, it's changed. When we first came out, we thought, as I stated, we thought that all these entities would be banging on our door because they were doing it while while they were getting it for free. Well, what happened was when, when 08 kind of uh, crashed when it came to the financial markets, um, sponsorship money dried up. People got a little bit tighter. So the, the teams and, and the athletes, 
the money wasn't flowing like it was prior to that. So we actually changed and switched our gears to become more of a outside chief marketing officer for companies. We still do teams and stadiums, but it's more on the strategy and planning on how to build a better revenue-generating machine. Um, so that's what we do. So a, a day in the life is basically talking to you know different companies, different corporations about how they can take their business and make tweaks and adjustments and plan better to generate more revenue. Got it. So going back just a little bit, you were deeply involved with HDH and EEI. What caused or what was the catalyst for you to jump and join the Craft Sports Group? It was, it's, it's a fun story. I started off in production, and as you know, I produced Eddie Andelman's show for many, many years. Yep. And, and we started this event called the Hot Dog Safari, um, yep. which was you know a, a tribute to the, the greatest sports food ever, the hot dog. And <laughs> so I started migrating from producing the show to producing that event. And as I was doing it, I got more familiar with event marketing, um, kind of learning on the fly. And when the radio station needed a new marketing director, I went to the general manager and said, let me have a go at it. And he kind of chuckled and said, you know, what do you know about marketing? And I said to him, how hard can it be? <laughs> so he let me look after marketing while they were looking for uh, – uh, a new marketing director, and two years later, I'm still running marketing. We decided that we're going to create this event uh, called the Sports Jam, WEI Sports Jam. We, get, we got all the teams under one roof, brought in all their interactive games, and had a huge Boston sports fan festival um, at the World Trade Center. And it was the first year, it was an amazing success. The radio station made money. There was great branding. About 16,000 fans came, and the Crafts were there because they were one of the teams that came in. And they came up to me, and they said, what are you doing this for a radio station? Come do it for us. <laughs> Fantastic story. Uh, and obviously, the Crafts have a phenomenal reputation in the, in the community. So you've spent 25 years or so with sports-related work variety of side of view, as you said, from the production side to the events, from marketing, from radio and content to sports teams and stadiums. What are some of the biggest changes that you've observed in maybe, let's say, the last decade? Well, you know, a lot of, a lot of what was in place in the past with these transactional ways of doing business, meaning, you know, buy something, and we'll, you know, here's some money. We'll see you later. And it, it was, it's, it's less about buying these elements, buying these signs, and buying um, other pieces of uh, of advertising. And it's mm -hmm. more about how do you create opportunities for companies to do business. So just by having a sign alone in the stadium. Well, that's not. It's it's so hard to judge if that is really generating any traffic or business. So the best way. So instead of piecemealing and buying, you know, one sign, one TV ad, and one one little piece of inventory, it's more about figuring out how your team, your brand is going to help people do business from a B two B perspective. 
Mm-hmm. And then from a B2C perspective, it's all about the relationship you create with the consumer and the fan. And yes, they need to buy these products. Yes, they need to, the access to them. But how you provide it and how you respond to them is equally as important than, what, than the service or product you are supplying. I heard you speak at uh, one of the marketing profs events, and you had a really interesting perspective following on, along the lines that you were just hitting on around the choreography, if you will, or the hierarchy between marketing and sales and why you saw marketing from the relationship side um, be critically important in the world of, of the crafts and the, and the patriots. Can you expand on that a little bit? Well, it's, it's, I think it's crucial in every corporation, every brand that, and even, and, and I think the digital people get crazy because, you know, they look at digital sales and digital marketing being two very different things, but they're not. It's, it all comes down to the relationship you have with the consumer or the relationship you have with the, the client and understanding them, their needs, their goals, and providing solutions for those is really the, the basics of what this is all about. So it's important for the salespeople to go out and find the people and the companies and the, the different groups who may fit with you, but it's that collaboration between sales and marketing mm-hmm. that will really lead to doing long-term sustainable business. And because salespeople are most often transactional because they get paid based on what they sell they need they need a guiding force a compass and and marketing being the lead is that compass to keep them on track it's really interesting uh one of the things that's obviously changed a lot i'm sure over your years is the whole digital and social media world and uh Gobs of research out there. One of the recent ones that that I saw talked about um, sports fans. Eighty three percent of sports fans are, despite watching a game on TV, turning to social media for updates, commentary while watching. How does that affect the marketing playbook, if you will, for uh, for professional sports teams? Well, I don't believe that things have changed that much. Yes, technology has drastically. Uh, taking quantum leaps into new realms. But the whole concept of fans and what they're about is still intact. So watching television, watching games in the 70s on TV and maybe black and white TVs was was the way people consumed football, for example. But they also interact with their buddies and their pals Mm. while the game was going on, albeit in a, in a, very personal manner next to each other. It's not, it's the same principles, it's just that the technology and the platform has changed. So now you can watch that game and you could have these same conversations with people in Australia if you're in Boston, which is spectacular. But, but the principles really haven't changed. That's the beauty. Everybody thinks Twitter is brand new, you know, the past four or five years, and that social media is brand new. It's not. Social media has been around for a long time. The platforms and the technology is new. But remember back in the 70s, there was this thing called the CB radio? (laughs) CB radio is a technology 
that you could broadcast it during a radius, albeit a smaller radius, engage with other people, and have conversations. And it was it really was a, a rudimentary technology that did the, does the same exact exact things as Twitter, right? Except for, without the without the reach and without the. Uh, it being in writing, and you know, of course, there's technical things that have changed, but the social aspect is very similar. So, if you were the CMO right now of uh, a major sports team, obviously, there's been some wonderful stories, and there's been some recent roadkill about uh, professional athletes, whether it's on Twitter or Facebook, or doing something that all of a sudden now has two million, three million fans following. How does that affect the marketing uh, and and uh, executive management side of these sports teams that now have, you're right, while a lot of that was there before, the scale and the speed was clearly not? Yeah, def- the scale and the speed is quicker, but like anything else, prior to doing an interview for newspaper, prior to doing an interview on your press conference, there's got to be rules and regulations and guidelines that you follow. So it's up to an organization to put their rules and regulations and guidelines in order. And by the way, it shouldn't be just for for social media or media and interviews. It should be your, your code of conduct. So there's, there's got to be some stipulations in how you operate if you're going to be a custodian of the brand. And you just got to follow those guidelines. And if you have the right training and the right rules in place, you should be able to capitalize on all this new social media. Sure, are there going to be hiccups? Absolutely, because yep. people are individuals and, and they're crazy. But that might be the wrong person for your organization in general. So if you can't look at it as, oh, my God, social media, you know, just don't do it, that's crazy. You, then you're missing an opportunity. Right. It is really interesting. There's, we've had one of our clients say, you know, this exactly, I think, where you're going. This is sort of not different from someone going out to Quincy Market or standing up on a table in a restaurant and starting to shout out confidential information. And yes, it's faster. Yes, it's bigger. Yes, there's uh, dangers to it. But the notion of being a spokesperson and a part of the brand and what's confidential or not has to be uh, across all of the different touch points and channels, and this is another one to think about, and in fact, it's a, what you're suggesting is a much simpler way to think about it, which is it's really not different from everything else. You've got to use your head, you need the training, and then it's a very powerful tool. Absolutely. Really interesting. All right, well, i got a bunch of other questions, but right now we're going to take a very short commercial break. Please stand by, and I'll be right back with Lou Imbriano and more of the conversation. Market Edge will return in just a moment. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. 
Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I signed us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO oh, to 21691. Yeah. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Yeah, because I use Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Start your search engine and put your servers into overdrive. It's WebmasterRadio.fm, steering you into the winner's circle. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. We're back with more Market Edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Glenn Engler. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Glenn Engler, and I'm here today with Lou Imbriano, President and CEO of Trinity One, talking about the business of sports. So, obviously, a recent huge sporting event that just went on was the Olympics, and tons of buzz around social media and the games when they're being produced and what NBC did on primetime versus uh, streaming live on digital. What's your take from both a, a sports enthusiast, uh, production and news side, um, and obviously working for, for sports teams? How, how do you think about consumers and our hunger for real-time information and what's going on in the sporting news landscape? Well, I, I think people were much uh, tougher on NBC than they should have been because what, you, what they have to realize first and foremost is NBC is a business. So they have to make business decisions based on what's going to bring them the highest ratings and the most revenue. Now, they want to please fans as well, but that, that piece of ratings and people watching is evidence enough to, to me that people have a passion and a desire to consume the right. Olympics, regardless if it's later in the day. So they, they, they did what they thought was best for their business. I mean, you do have the, the reality of real-time information and, and you know, Twitter and social media getting the word out quicker, but that, that's with everything. So uh, people just have to be able – they'll get more used to it. As time goes by, they'll see the winning, you know, who won the medal, and then they, they'll – if they feel like watching it, they'll watch it. If they yeah. don't, they won't. But it's, it doesn't have to be one or the other, and people shouldn't be up in arms. I mean, there's, there's no reason why, you know, it's going to ruin your life if you know who wins a gold medal before you see it. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Right. Right. Uh, people are just being to be on, they're being bitches. You know what I mean? I'm, they just 
uh, complaining. They always people are always looking for. They know it better. Well, if you knew it better, you'd be running NBC, but you're not. Right. Right. Well, and interesting enough, I just the uh, latest ratings I think coming out of it was to your point. Uh, people ratings for those uh, evening primetime um, watching was off the charts and better than I believe any other Olympics. So, um, really, really interesting. I'm, so, I'm, I'm imagining that this, all the social media and all the promotion helped drive people to go watch. That's probably right. Probably right. So I'm going to take a little bit of a turn because you had a recent blog post uh, that you called The Right Pieces to the Puzzle, which I thought was fascinating, and everybody should go to your blog and read it. And you talk about how great organizations and teams are built and why you think it's important to hire from within uh, or bring someone new to the organization that's, quote, not new to you. Say more on that. I thought it was really interesting. Well, it, it's off the premise that in an interview, how can you really know what somebody is all about? And even if you have their, their skill set on a resume and you know what they've accomplished, the thing is people are individuals and they have their own personality. So what's more important to me than skill set is how that person fits in with everybody else. Because, yeah. you, you know, you're, you're looking at, think about a team with all these players in one superstar, and that one su and they never win a world championship. It's because that one superstar is is spoiling the mix, and and it's not about superstars when when you you uh, you want to win and accomplish things. It's about teamwork and how people work well together and feed off each other. So I am a big believer that the only way to to really know who you're getting is if you know who you're getting. Mm. It's really interesting, and you referenced in the post, and I've heard you speak about this, um, very high praise for the Kraft family. And in particular in this area, you mentioned that they really were a master in this regard. What did you see them do, or was there a model, or you know, why do they have this down so well? So what, what, they re what I, I believe they realize uh, from, from talking to them and seeing how they operate is, it's not about the job, the task. It's about the person and their dedication, their hard work, and, and all the things they do to make it happen. Think about it. You and I are in a particular business, but does that mean we couldn't have gone a different route and been great at other stuff? No, right. of course not. It's, it's the type of person. So what they have done over the years is, and this is to me brilliant, they had a guy, there's a guy in... in uh, in finance when I was there. His name was Jim Nolan. He was uh, the, the controller, then VP of finance. And, you know, he was viewed by most of the people in the organization as an accountant, a finance guy, a numbers guy. Yeah. The, the Crafts needed a new head of operations for Gillette Stadium. And they brought him in. And they took him from finance and they put him into operations. Now, He's never been in operations in his life. But he was a smart kid who understand numbers and logistics, and he was devote and, and dedicated to the craft group and the mission. And they figured they could bring him in and get him up to speed. And was there bumps mm. and hiccups in the beginning? Sure, there always is, because you don't know what you're doing until you do it. 
I mean, you can yeah. have all these theories, but until you've actually gained the experience, you don't really know the day ins and the ins and outs. Well, now he's been with the organization in, in that position for almost 10 years, and, and he's probably viewed as one of the best VP of operations in the country. Very interesting. So yeah, that I mean, you're it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, go ahead. It's brilliant. Well, and clearly taking a the DNA of the person that they know fits and adjusting them and putting them into different roles probably makes, um, in this case, Jim, a more well-rounded individual and probably brought something new to the operations team that um, someone from the outside wouldn't. Yeah, and, you know, I, I've noticed that the amount of time that it takes a new person from outside the operation to get up yeah. and running and fully, fully into the mix from the time it takes somebody with different skill sets within the organization, it's much longer for the outside guy. It's really interesting, and and uh, no disrespect to any of the some of the other Boston sports teams, but I think uh, the Patriots certainly seem to have this top-down, very well-run uh, passion for for everybody, which is pretty impressive. You know, you know, I think the other teams do a decent job, and in other markets, they would be the number one business operation. But right. I would say that Kraft, the Kraft organization leads the pack in Boston, and and I think there's there's some room for some of the other teams to to do more. Um, there always is, I guess, though, right? Yeah. Well, we're we're spoiled here in in Boston. So before I let you go, a couple last questions. While Trinity One specializes in sports, also notice that you've worked with a number of brands in financial services, health, consumer, and nonprofit. Talk about some of the other co types of companies that you've worked with, and how for you. Uh, it was a shift, but that you saw obviously saw skills and um, and approaches be transferable. Well, it's funny because winning the customer actually led us to do more outside of sports. When I, when and, and it all stemmed from me teaching at BC. I teach a sports marketing class there, um, and after putting together the curriculum and noticing all the things we did in sports, I saw a lot of similarities or a lot of ways that we could bring what we did in sports to other corporations to make them look at things differently. For example, in sports we have season ticket holders, and we market to them in a particular way. Well, every company has season ticket holders. They just don't look at them that way. And the nuances in looking at them that way really helps and affects the business, and, and you could utilize it to generate more revenue from this group. So we basically started looking at other companies who were flatlining or who were dipping in revenues, and we would start, and that's how, you know, that's, that's our prospect, and we would start talking to them saying, you know, we think we can help you yep. create a better strategy to change the direction of your revenue. And so some companies are going to say they're fine, but other companies uh, welcome the concept and the idea. Right. We, we work from some, some big brands as big as Fidelity we've done projects for and, and uh, New England Baptist Hospital and MIFA and, and nonprofits. So we've, even though sports is in our DNA, right now we have uh, more companies that are non-sports than sports. Interesting. And are there, what are some of the challenges that you've seen from your perspective with the non, 
sports organizations when it comes to using um, digital channels, if you will, to engage customers, stuff that you've done so well in the past with the sports teams? Yeah, I think most companies and organizations, uh, when they're flatlining, it's because they're doing the same stuff they've always done. Mm. So whether it's digital or other other methods, companies cannot you can't keep doing the same thing. Otherwise, you're not going to evolve and you're going to go extinct. So you always have to be looking for new ways to communicate with your consumer and to engage with them and to build a relationship. And the good news is there's no one way. There's so many different ways. But your right. job is to find the best way. To, to, to engage your consumer. And when you do that, you reap the rewards. Right. Okay, so the last thing that I like to do with my guests before I let them go is a quick speed round, if you will, where I just toss out a, a trend or something that you're certainly familiar with and get the first word or two that comes to your mind about it. Okay. All right? Okay, so let's start with four square check-ins. I don't get it. Okay. Uh, what no, I about? I, I, sorry, I get it, but I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't get. I don't think they get how to how to make it better. I, they, yeah. They, to me, uh, location-based services are struggling because they have this cool concept: is check-ins. But now, how do you make it impactful? How do you make it convert into new business? And yeah. No, it's definitely gone through some phases. I think a couple of like some hotel chains are starting to get it from driving loyalty. You check in here and I get more points into the account. Okay, that's starting to make sense. But you're absolutely right. There's uh, a lot of people that are all over the place and then some consumers checking in at the car wash doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But yeah. um, I right, want to clarify. I get it. I, I, I don't yeah. want people to think, oh, you don't get location-based service. No, I get it, but don't get it. Yep, I'm with you. Right, right. So. Daily deals like a Groupon or a Living Social. Um, technology people running it is really the issue. Ah, brilliant. All right, last one for fun given technology. QR codes. Uh, worthless. <laughs> yeah, it, that one on the bus going by, you think that's, um, that's a hard one to figure out how to chase after and scan. Yeah, I mean, I think the concept is is valid, and I understand with, but I, I don't know. Again, I don't know if the big, the biggest problem with new technology is the people that create it. They're brilliant, and they come up with the you know they can write the code and create the the mechanisms to get people involved, but they then want to be the ones telling people how to use it. How, how to bring business here, and they don't know how to do that. So mm. as soon as they create it, they need to hand it over to marketing and salespeople in order to, to, to bring it to life. And I think the biggest problem with, the, with technologies and why they fail is because technical people don't know when to hand it off. Very interesting. Good stuff. All right. Well, I want to thank you, Lou, for being my guest today. And thanks to everyone in the audience for listening to today's conversation. If you have any questions or would like to talk further about the topic of today's show, feel free to connect with me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Glenn Engler or on my blog at www.glennengler.com. Visit www.webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern Time on Tuesdays to tune into episodes of Market Edge. For Market Edge, this is Glenn Engler. Until next time, I'm out.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm.